Welcome to Dentists, Puns, and Money. I am your host, Sean Terrell, and my guest in this episode is Dr. Alan Stern. Dr. Allen is an owner dentist in Monmouth County, New Jersey, and is in the process of transitioning out of clinical dentistry. In our conversation, Dr. Allen shares the number one thing he's learned in 42 years of practice, which is also the big thing that he teaches to other dentists in his coaching program, the name of that program, Better, Richer, Stronger. Dr. Stern and I also discuss the four big relationships that are key to success and happiness in dentistry and also in life. As a reminder, our company, Dentist Exit Planning, helps dentists leaving clinical with the financial piece of that transition, specifically how to lower that massive lifetime tax bill and how to optimize living off your assets. If you're interested in guidance on your taxes and your income as you exit clinical, Schedule your free initial consultation with us on our website, which is DentistExit.com. That website again, DentistExit.com. And with that introduction, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dr. Alan Stern. All right, Dr. Alan Stern, welcome to Dentist's Puns and Money. I am excited for our conversation and thank you for joining us today. Sean, it's great to be here. Um, our our pre-podcast conversation was wonderful. I can't wait to see what happens uh, in the next few minutes. So thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So just so the audience gets to know you a little bit better, like I have just in our previous conversation, my favorite place to start is just with a little background, a little context for the audience on kind of uh, your career within the, the dental profession to this point and where you are now. All right. Well, it's been a, it's been a while that I've been practicing dentistry. I was born and raised in New York, went to school at Virginia Commonwealth University, graduated in 1981, which makes me 42 years, just about 42 years as a practicing dentist. I am married. I have two adult children. My wife is also the front desk person at my office. So we live and work together. Uh, so me being here at home today, working from home is kind of a relief from her while she sweats it out in the office. <laughs> I've made a lot of mistakes. I've had a lot of triumphs and like everybody else, you know, Sean, my career has been very, very good. Perfect. No rewarding. Yes. Am I having fun? Almost all the time. Do I have stressful moments? Just like you, just like everybody else. Yeah, of course. But I've grown, I've learned, I've gotten up, I've dusted myself off, I've rolled up my sleeves, I've done the work, and here I am, 42 years later, better, richer, and stronger. So kind of leading, that that's a really good lead up to the question I wanted to ask next. So you do have some perspective here from this decades-long journey uh, as a dentist and as a human being, I guess, really broad, intentionally, what are some of the, the big things you've learned? And what would you share with people who are maybe... Uh, on the early stage of the mid stage of their career versus where you are now? One of the things I learned, the most important thing I want to tell people, especially those practicing dentistry or any other profession, is that you never, ever forget the reason why you went into it. And I went into it with a humanistic mind, looking to do something meaningful for human beings. When I lost track of that, in the pursuit of money or the pursuit of being something that I wasn't, that's when I stumbled. 
So I would tell young dentists and dentists of all ages and sizes, never forget the why. Don't be afraid to redefine the why. Don't be afraid to redefine the what that gives you the why. But there has to be some humanistic element in what you're doing. Otherwise, it becomes a trade. And we didn't go to school for four years and spend countless dollars and put in so much continuing education without a why. So don't forget that. And don't forget that being good is not good enough. You've got to have some heart in the game. When you have that, when you practice with love in your heart and with a sense of purpose and with a why and understanding that everyone walking into your office is a soul who needs something and is trusting you to give it to them, then it becomes potentially a much more rewarding and fulfilling career, no matter what the external pressures are on what we're doing. How do you keep that intention on a regular basis? How do you check in with yourself to make sure that you are not forgetting your why? As you said, you've sort of lost lost it for some period of time. Yeah. Guess what's a practical way to make sure that someone is staying true to, to who they are and what their mission is? I have my purpose in life put up in, my, on, in front of my desk, right in front of my face every day. My general purpose in life reads like this. It says, let me continue to improve as a force for good wherever I go, no matter how excellent or flawed I may be. That is in my face every single day. It's in my face in each treatment room. It's in my face in my office. And the other thing we do as a team in our morning huddle is we read our mission. And our mission is to deliver the best dentistry possible in a warm, loving and happy environment. So we, we center ourselves every day. I center myself every hour by looking at every human being that walks into my office, looking them in the eye with a big smile on my face by intent. And it's really ingrained in me at this point that I'm happy to meet you, Mr. Terrell. Thanks for coming into the office. It's great to see you. And at the end of each procedure, my, my farewell is it's always good when you're here. Thanks for being here. Some, so it's a constant reminder. Some powerful stuff. I like the idea of sort of uh, that daily intention, that morning huddle, making sure that that's always touched on and always stated to, to make sure that you don't lose the mission or the mission is always front and center. Uh, you have a coaching program business outside of your clinical practice. It's called Better, Richer, Stronger. Could you share who that program is for and what sort of work it does, what, what the mission of that program is? The mission of that program is pretty clear. It's to help dentists find their focus again, to center on their mission and vision. And when you rediscover or when you discover what it is you really want out of dentistry and out of life, life becomes much happier. It's no secret, Sean, that dentistry has been pockmarked, sadly by a propensity to depression and the end result of untreated depression is, God forbid, the taking of one's own life. We've seen too much of that in dentistry, both depression and suicide. And we've seen too little of happiness and fulfillment. So having lost my sense of purpose and having found it by doing the work, I think I am uniquely qualified as, having, as one has just picked themselves up 
and and gotten to where I need to be and what I want, where I want to be right now, I can help other people do that. What are the biggest pain points that you see dentists struggling with today? The comparison trap, number one. I you, you go to a dental society meeting, and I don't know if you've been to one of those things, Sean, or if you have clients but who have, but you go to a dental school society meeting, and this is what you hear. Oh, my Bentley ran out of gas this week. I've got to throw it away and buy a new one. Or the 10-carat diamond I got for my wife just wasn't big enough. I don't know what to do. They're not literally things that are said, but these are ways that we perceive what we're hearing. Or maybe I I place 12 implants in 30 minutes, two days a week, and I have no idea where I want to go from vacation for the next five. That's the kind of stuff that we hear, not, not necessarily what was said, but what we hear. And we begin to compare ourselves to what we perceive as a perfect other person. In reality, Sean, you know it and I know it, there is no such thing as a perfect life. Show me a person whose life is a storybook and I'll show you a liar. We are all carrying things with us. Life is a mixture of blessing and burden. And if we allow our challenges to refine us rather than define us, that's when we grow. So the number one number one pain point is comparison syndrome. Want to know number two? I'm all ears. There you go. Ross Perot, 1990, whenever. Uh, <laughs> if you have a political sense of history and humor. Um, number two is the, the perfection syndrome. Oh my God, my work isn't perfect. Oh my God, the occlusal surface of the crown is not polished to a complete and other sheen. Oh my God. The root canal fill is a half millimeter shorter than it should be. The world is coming to an end because I saw in continuing education, the perfect crown, the perfect root canal, the perfect everything by Dr. X, and I am no good. Fact of the matter is, Brene Brown said, I am imperfect, I'm enough. And there are very few things in dentistry that can't be corrected. And there are very few things in dentistry that aren't good enough. It's just a matter of becoming better. Being a, We're not providers, by the way. That's a dirty word in my vocabulary. We're practitioners. We practice. We want to be better tomorrow than we are today. That's the whole point of it. So perfection and comparison are enormous pain points that need to be conquered. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head based on what I've seen. I'm curious, in, in your experience, how much of that is the way that people that a lot of people stereotypically the personality type that become dentists are they naturally wired that way and then how much of it is uh the environment that uh, is is dentistry and other dental school classmates i guess nature versus nurture is uh, the short yeah. version of the question and of course it's a combination of both i think it's a little bit above my pay grade to know what percentage of each and it depends on each individual uh but Understand that getting into dental school is very competitive, as it always was, and it still is. So we're always looking over our shoulders to see who's doing better than we are, and we gauge ourselves on that. Again, a little subset of the uh, comparison trap. But the dental school instructors are good people, just like the rest of us. They're plotting their way through the world, just like we are. But the culture of dental school has always been to train people to a, to an impeccable, perfect standard. And that's perfectly cool. We should be aiming to be the best versions of ourselves. But when it gets to a point where the slightest flaw or imperfection 
is perceived to be incompetence or incapability, inability, that's where we cross a very fuzzy line. And that, that's where we fall into trouble. So and an individual going to dental school is going to be competitive by nature. If we weren't competitive, we wouldn't even bother. So it's a little of both. But I think if I were the god of dental schools, I would take all of my children, the dental school instructors, and say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are great. But let's take a good thing and make it better. Let's tweak how we approach these kids because they're raised a little bit differently than we were back in the geezer generation that we belong to. So let's take a little bit more. Let's take a firm hand, but just put a little bit of a rubber bumper on it. And let's see if we can nurture these kids into being the best they can be. I like that. I like that, uh, how you laid that out a lot. One yeah. of the things I wanted to touch on is that dentistry, and I think most successful businesses for that matter, are really at the end of the day successful because of strong relationships. Yes. You say that there are four cornerstone relationships that uh, every dentist needs for a successful life. Could you touch on those? All right. First one is your health. Your health is critical. Actually, that... Why don't we skip over that for a moment? The core critical relationships in a practice are yourself, yourself, your patients, your business, and your finance. Mm. And the subset of yourself includes your health. You, you have to, in order to fabricate relationships that are important, you need to start with yourself. You need to love yourself before you can love anybody else. Take care of yourself physically and emotionally. And that also means to see a therapist if you need to. I have I I just re-injured my shoulder. I've got to go see a therapist so I could do that 10-minute plank before my 6010th birthday in a couple of months. So if you injure your brain, you gotta do that. So yourself is one. Your practice. You've got to keep an eye on your practice. You have to know your practice. You have to know your numbers. I'm weak at that. I need professionals to help me with that because. One of the key points about eliminating needless stress from your life is eliminating money as a limiting variable. Now, I'll tell you a true story that I bought a house that I couldn't afford. Why? Because I'm a dentist and I was miserable. And I bought a house to prove myself to myself. And what wound up happening is the growth of my practice did not go as projected. And I was living paycheck to paycheck. You want to talk misery? Then you, you talk about biting your nails, whether you're going to make payroll. Mm. That does not need to happen. You live below your means. Consult a professional and live below your means. So it's your health, your, yourself, your practice, your money, and your relationships. That's your fourth cornerstone your relationships with others. Once you are liberated from the burden of relationship with self, relationship with money, relationship with practice, then you can go and forge a relationship with others. And you know what, Sean? The true joy of life is what you and I are doing, what you and I did before we got on here. We had a little bromance moment. <laughs> we, we had some fun together. And why can't we have that in our practice, with our teams, and with our patients? Why not? No one leaves my office without either a rolling eye or a laugh, because it's about 
relationships. I concur. Absolutely. I concur. And that's what I enjoy most about in my work as well. Sean, let me throw, let me throw one other thing, if I may, please. Sure. And is when you have relationships with the people you serve, I have a side above my reception desk that says, enter as strangers, leave as friends. And when people ask me, well, how many patients do you have in your practice, right? A comparison syndrome again? Right. Oh, my practice is bigger than yours. My answer is, I don't have very many patients, man. I have friends. And that is fun. That's fun. So when, when I told you that I greet people with a smile, a sincere smile, I greet them and I send them off with it, I mean it. That's how you keep joy in your life. And those are the four cornerstones of success. I love it. Great stuff. So shifting gears a little bit, this podcast is increasingly more and more about the topics and the people that are in the process, somewhere in the process of transitioning away from clinical to whatever's next, whether that's continued work in the profession of dentistry or outside doing something else, or whether it's a traditional retirement and chasing the grandkids around stereotypically. Uh, you have shared with me that you are somewhere in that transition. And yeah. I'm curious for the benefit of the audience that is, is here to hear a little bit more about that. What are What's that process going like for you? And what are some of the things you've learned? Well, going back to the mistakes that I made, I kind of forgot that we in this country are endowed with three unalienable rights. The right to life, the life to, right to liberty, and the pursuit of a Tesla. No, no, wait a minute. The pursuit of a big house. No, we're entitled to pursue happiness. We're not entitled to get it, but we're entitled to pursue it. So I'm looking at this stage of my life now. I am approaching 60, 10 years old, 42 years in practice, and I'm reasonably good at it, but there's other things that I want. And it's, it's really... It's the culmination of a process of deep soul searching and stumbling into the right answer for me. So right now, I am phased, I've phased into three days of clinical work. I have a lovely young associate working in my office on Thursdays, and we happen to be speaking on a Thursday. And I'm finding more and more happiness and tranquility doing my coaching, doing my guesting and speaking on podcasts doing my own video casting, doing my own speaking and writing. And it's leading me down that path that uh, pretty soon I'm going to let go of another day. And at some point, I'm going to sell the practice. But I'm torn between two lovers, as the song from the 70s said. You know, I love my patients. I love the people I work with. And I love the stuff I'm doing now. So it, it's almost like a little mini earthquake starting to build a very positive earthquake. So I'm just transitioning. I'm stepping down a little bit. Um, I'm turning the volume down on my clinical dentistry. I'm letting go of complex procedures because I've done enough of them. I just want to chill and do some chill dentistry for a while and amp it up doing my coaching. For me, life is about purpose. Life is about significance. Life is about being a force for good wherever I go. Some of my friends have retired, both in and out of dentistry, and they're very content sitting, sipping mint juleps on a porch. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want. So it's about, it's about understanding that your shelf life is limited as a clinician, both physically, emotionally, and mentally, and preparing for that 
and really try to figure out what it is you want to do at that next phase of your life. And for me, it became, it, it, it's again, a culmination of a process, but it's very simple for me. My fantasy is to have breakfast out, out on a patio somewhere, do some coaching, do some working, do some reading, improve myself every day, and have a little fun with my wife and, and visit my children. And please, somebody, please give me a grandchild already. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you've defined sort of what your ideal day is post-clinical and yes. you're working towards that. Yes. Yes, exactly. And and it's and Sean, I don't have it all figured out yet. And frankly, I don't think I ever will because I think life is a process of constant refinement. And we have to know that as practicing dentists, also whether we're owners or associate dentists. Life is a constant process of course correction. So I am sharpening up my my Thursdays and my Fridays now. And I'm I'm really Coordinating off reading time, uh, productive time, writing time, exercise time, fun time. So, and, and it's it's going to be a struggle until I am totally out of practice, and then I'll have five days of structure to deal with instead of two. So, and I'll have a little more time to to play around with. But it's hard, and I don't know what challenges are going to face me when I'm five days out of practice. But uh, I got my principles, and I know what I want to do. Yeah, so the the financial aspect of that exit out is obviously what my experience and expertise is in. What are the other areas that you've thought about or tried to evaluate about that transition besides just the money aspect of it? Well, the money is critical, Sean. The money, that's first and foremost. And the work that you're doing, I can't overemphasize how critical it is. Uh, I think the younger people here have to understand that they're not invincible and things won't just fall into place without some clear and well-defined action. Without a good financial advisor, it's almost like trying to do dentistry without going to dental school. <laughs> some people do it, but it doesn't work out very well. The other, the other things that, uh, that you need to understand, you have to know what makes you happy. And there are exercises exercises that you can do to clarify in your own mind what makes you happy, what your values are, what gives you energy. I also am constantly working on maintaining my body in its most optimal condition. And that means going to the gym a few times a week, working out as hard as I can within reason. Uh, I just got pronounced very clean cardiac-wise. I'm very strong in that regard. So I could push pretty hard for, for a guy who's in his seventh decade. The health is very important. And the fun meter. We got to have a fun meter. And for me right now, fun is just hanging out with my wife, whether it's watching a TV show, talking. Um, our kids moved away. So we've got trips planned down to Atlanta to visit our daughter very soon. We just came back from home. We've got to go back down there again and visit our son in DC and our closest circle of friends. That, that's where I'm centered. Of course, the one or two trips to Las Vegas annually is also part of it. Well, that's another that's another bit of financial advice perhaps you can give me. <laughs> we have bonded over our, our shared love of Vegas. We'll we'll save that for a different podcast. But uh, there you go. Yeah, I think that's awesome that you have the, the fun part built in as well. You said something a little bit ago that your shelf life as a, as a clinical dentist is is limited. And I kind of chuckled because you also told me 
around that same breath that you're pushing 70 years old or was it 60 you're 60 10 as he likes to your say language, sure. <laughs> i don't like to offend my guests but so, yeah yeah so Calm down. Uh, <laughs> you've had a pretty good run in the chair and I'm yeah. I'm curious, kind of with that, what were the signs that you saw leading up to it that sort of helped you come to the realization around your 6010th birthday that you need to start to kind of wind things down or start thinking a little bit harder about what you want the last uh, third of your life to look like? Maybe last half of my life to look like if I keep myself this well. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to put you in a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, age is age and our... You know, our shelf life as human beings is limited. So that that's part of it, by the way. Part of it is realizing that I'm approaching 6010 and uh, we are finite. So there's a little bit of a, a nudge inside of me to go somewhere else, uh, to go somewhere else in life. I think the finding, the founding of Better, Richer, Stronger is really what gave me the final push that, you know, in my mind, toward the end of my career as I am now in the last couple of years, I'd say to myself, is there something else you want to do, Alan? Is there something else? And the answer popped right in front of me. So I'm driven. I'm driven by purpose. And I feel that with coaching right now, I have a renewed spark. You know, when you've been doing something for a very long time, it becomes kind of matter of fact, routine. And then the stress begins to kind of equal or overpower even the routine. So I'm looking for different stressors. I, I've, I've done my share of dentistry, and I feel the world is changing. The field of dentistry is changing. And my paradigm of it as a day-to-day practitioner, I'm not sure I want to roll with those changes anymore. I think the younger dentists are better equipped to roll with those changes than I am. You know, it's kind of like our parents said, you know, our parents couldn't handle the crazy world that we grew up in. And I'm looking at my kids and the challenges they're facing. And I'm saying, I don't want to deal with that crap. Can I say crap? I just did. Um, You're fine. But the, it's rolling off of them. They, they, they're telling me, Dad, we can do this. And so the world is changing. But the need for things that I do, the things that I know in my soul that I don't have to express with a dental instrument is growing rapidly. So all those, all these things are nudging me. They're pushing me. But the final push was the creation of better, richer, stronger. And I am not as quick as I used to be. I'm, I can't be as rapidly productive as I used to be. And so I can think better, but I can't produce faster. And so all of those things are adding up to saying, you know, Alan, you're on the back nine. Get over it. Is there anything we haven't hit on today? We've been, uh, we bounced around pretty good, but is there anything that you would like to, to share or add that we've left out? Remember, remember your why. And remember, please, we hear so much on social media and we see so much on social media from people's successes and they're beautiful things. Highlight reels. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. If somebody is doing, is making more money or appears to be happy, why should you compare yourself to that? Be happy for other people's successes. But don't you dare take somebody else's strengths and take, compare your weaknesses to them. 
Be the best you can be. Be grateful. I am so grateful to be 69 years old with an energy level that I have for doing these things. I am so grateful for being married almost 46 years to the same woman who got five good years out of it, by the way. (laughs) I'm so grateful for my kids, my friends, my fun. Everybody's got at least three things they could be grateful for every freaking night before they hit the pillow. Practice gratitude. Address your problems rationally and just keep moving forward and enjoy, like my book, enjoy the ride. But remember, the greatness is in the journey, not in the outcome. There's the big one right there. Your greatness is in your journey. Celebrate it every day you're breathing. Wise words. The name of the podcast is Dentist Puns and Money. We've had a few light moments in our conversation, Uh but uh, (laughs) hit me with your your best dental pun as we wrap up, Dr. Allen. Well, the corniest one is what's the best time to to have a dental appointment? That's (laughs) 2.30. Yep. Um, let's see people talk about their back molars i don't know if anybody has a front molar that doesn't make any sense at all i have others but they're not dental related having talked offline with you i'm going to cut you off right there because uh all right. i don't want to, <laughs> i don't want to get too blue here at the end <laughs> dr allen for people that are interested in uh getting in touch with you and starting a conversation with you uh about your program or just anything else that you're willing to share? Uh, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you? Best way is get on my Facebook page. It's called Better, Richer, Stronger. You could direct message me through there. And I've got some great uh, content on there. We have great learning opportunities. And I'll have a virtual coffee with anybody. And in those things, I don't want any money. I don't want anything other than the ability to listen and maybe open your eyes to something. So better, richer, stronger at Gmail is my email address. Find me any way you want. This is my purpose. This is my calling. And I am more than happy to spend some time with you. That is Dr. Alan Stern, dentist and founder of the coaching business, Better, Richer, Stronger. Dr. Alan, thank you for sharing your story, your expertise, and for being our guest on Dentists, Puns, and Money. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for listening and following along. Are you a dentist nearing your retirement from clinical or have you already hung up your handpiece? Would you like a treatment plan for the financial components of your exit from clinical? Our company, Dentist Exit Planning, helps dentists like you reduce taxes in retirement and optimize how to best live off your assets, including the ideal time for you to start taking Social Security. If you'd like guidance on those critical pieces or just a second opinion, Schedule an initial consultation with us on our website. Our web address is dentistexit.com, and there's no obligation for your initial consultation. That website again, dentistexit.com. As a reminder, Dentist Exit Planning and Terrell Advisors, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Dentist Exit Planning or Terrell Advisors, LLC. Please consult with your accountant and attorney for tax and legal advice. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell and his guests 
and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment, tax planning, or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only, and past performance is not indicative of future results.